Open up with me this morning to the book of Psalms chapter 18 verse 30. This morning's sermon is going to be called the Word Test. This past Wednesday night Bible study, we did uh, the topic of the time test. It seems that God put certain tests in our life that will make us a stronger believer. And without these adverse circumstances and tribulations and hard times, without them, you won't ever really grow up. It's the hard times that really make us stronger. Amen. It's the resistance in life. When you go to the weight room, your muscles get bigger because of the, re the resistance of the weights. So, God has certain tests for us, and what, as children of God, what we got to learn to do is not run from them, not complain about them, not murmur and get in the poor old pitiful me attitude, but we got to learn to embrace when God is working in our life. <laughs> and nobody wants to go through hard times. Nobody comes to church and prays, Lord, put some hard times on me now, Lord. Lord, I need you really to heap it up. I want to go into that fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <coughs> Lord, take me into that lion den like Daniel. No, ain't nobody praying that way. Everybody's saying, Lord, bless me. Bless me. And sometimes blessings come in disguise. That's right. They come in the hard times. And they mold you and make you. Amen. So, you've been through a hard time. I'm so glad that the Lord didn't forsake us in hard times. If he takes you through a hard time, he'll go with you through it. Amen. He'll be with you all the way. The Bible says he's the very present help in the time of trouble. The Lord don't run from trouble. He don't run from hard times. He don't run from fiery furnaces. He goes and gets in them. Amen. 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 Psalms chapter 18 verse 30. I'm going to give you a few scriptures before we get into the message. Because every message must have a foundation. And the foundation is the word of God. Psalms chapter 18 verse 30 says as for God his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. The King James Version says tried. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all those who trust in him. The word of the Lord is tried. That word tried in the Hebrew means this. It means to purge away. It means to melt. It means to be purified. And along that definition in the Hebrew, it had the word goldsmith. Do y'all understand the process of how gold Gets, gets minted. Gold has to be melted 
before it's minted. And they say the purest gold is a 24 karat gold. Overseas, they sell a lot of gold. And most of it is 23 point so-and-so <coughs> the purification of gold. Not 24, but right at it. And you know, the purer the gold, the softer the gold is. That's why when you get a wedding band, you usually don't get it in 24 karat gold because every time your hand, it was shaped and, and that, that gold would actually shape itself to you. A 10 carat has more metals in it mixed with the gold. 14 carat has, has, it's not pure, but it has metals in it to be 14K. Then you got 18K. And pure gold is 24 karat gold. But when gold is, is, is uh, found, it is then taken to a goldsmith. And it's put into a fiery furnace. And that furnace begins to melt that gold. And that gold is taken through a process of heat and it's pulled out and it removes the impurities out of it. It's tried, you could say. Then it's put back in to cook up some more. And then it's pulled out some more and the impurities are wiped off. And finally, when the process is over, by the goldsmith, he has 24 karat gold. He has pure gold. Well, the Bible said the word of the Lord is tested and tried. It has, how many of y'all know God's word can stand the test of time? Amen. It can stand the test of the world. The Bible said God's word is tested and tried. It's pure. It's holy. It's powerful. Hallelujah. And it's at our disposal. It's at our, uh, not disposal, but what am I not trying to say? Yeah. It's available. It's available to us. Thank you, Ruth. Sometimes your mind just <coughs> takes a vacation. But anyhow, the Word of God is available to us. It's at our fingertips. Hallelujah. When we get into God's Word, when we come into circumstances and, and trials and hard times, we can depend on God's Word to get us through it. Amen. But how many of y'all know, if you've been saved very long, God don't always answer your prayers overnight. That's right, that's right. And there's a reason for that. Because a miracle is something that's done instantaneously. A miracle of God. If there's a lame man here today, and we laid hands on him, and he jumped up and began to run, hallelujah, around this church and down 441, hallelujah, leaping and shouting, hallelujah, that is a miracle. Amen. It didn't take place in a process we prayed, Jesus touched him, he jumped up. That's what happened in the Bible with Jesus' miracle so many times. The blind eyes came open instantly. It was a miracle. The lame began to walk. It was a miracle. The deaf could, could hear. It was a miracle. He rose somebody from the dead. It was a miracle. It was instantaneously. But there's a lot of things that God don't do instantly. He takes us through a process. How many of y'all know if, if God is working with you and through you, he ain't going to take you through the shortcuts. He's going to take you the long way. Because the long route is going to teach you something. But we want the short route. 
We want, we want everything to be easy and smooth. Hallelujah. But you know, every river that's in the, in the, every stone that's in the river that you pick up, all of them ain't smooth. But some of them are. And the reason that, that rock is smooth is because the water has been beating on it for many, many years. Yeah. That's what makes it smooth. So if you want to be smooth, God can smooth you out. But it's going to take some crushing. Amen. The word test. Look at Psalm 66 verse 10. Some of y'all in here can identify what I'm saying. Say, yeah, I think I have taken that test before. That word test. By the end of this sermon, you'll probably really be able to identify with it. Say, yeah, I think I'm in it right now. Psalms chapter 66, verse 10 says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. <clears throat> Don't sit here and think this morning that God won't test you. <clears throat> I didn't say tempt you. God don't tempt nobody. But test is a different subject. The only way I know what you know, if you're working for me, I got to give you a test. To see where I can put you in this company. Amen? Amen. You know, as children of God, God has to put us through tests to shape us and to mold us and to change our attitudes and to change our character so he can trust us with future ministries. That's right future ministries. If you ever want to be a leader, if you ever want to be a world changer, you want to do something great for God, believe me, you don't get to exempt yourself from the test. That's right. That's right. Amen. I've been in the ministry now for 27 years as a pastor, about 22 on the mission field, and believe me, I've had my share of tough times. If you ever see somebody that's really making an impact on the, on, on the kingdom of God and being fruitful, believe me, they didn't get there without test. That's why you need to pray for people that are in the ministry. Because a lot of people look at it like, oh, they only preach for 30 minutes on Sunday and 30 minutes on Wednesday, and they got the easiest job on the planet. You have no idea That's right. what you're talking about. That's what it may look like on the surface, but you have no idea that you are on the devil's hit list. Amen. Psalm 66.10, you have, for you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver. Now, take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm just laying some groundwork this morning to let you know God does allow testing. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 First Peter chapter 1 verse 6 goes like this In this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be 
if it's needed. You have been grieved by various trials. Come on. Verse 7. That the genuine, genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, he, whom having not seen, you love. The Bible says, if need be, you've been through some trials. And these trials have kind of been tough on you. You've kind of hanged your head a little. You've been grieving a little bit. You've been maybe uh, a little depressed about it. You don't understand what's going on. You don't understand why God, why this is going on, taking place in your life. But the Bible says that your faith is much more precious than gold that perishes, and it has to be tested by fire. So at the end of the test, you'll be able to praise, honor, and give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Amen. Amen. So this morning, last one is Psalm 105, verse 19. Psalm 105, verse 19. <clears throat> Let's take a look at uh, verse 16, please. And then we're going to come on down to verse 19. Psalm 105, verse 16. It is written, Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Everybody see that? The word of the Lord tested Joseph. Now let's talk about Joseph this morning. And if you want to read this, you can, you can turn to the book of Genesis and around uh, verse chapter 35 on up to about 41, you can read the whole story that I'm going to talk to you about this morning. But I'm not going to read the whole, all of it to you. That would take the whole service. But you, can, you have a Bible. You can go home and read it for yourself and see if I told you right. Amen? <coughs> Joseph was the son of Jacob. Actually the 11th son of Jacob. Mm -hmm. He was the first son of Jacob's wife, Rachel. At the age of 17, Jake, uh, Joseph had two dreams. And these two dreams came as a word of the Lord to Joseph. Mm -hmm. And the, the first dream was that they were in the field and all the sheaves in the field bowed down to Joseph's sheaf. And the second dream 
was that the sun, the moon, and the stars, they would bow down to Joseph. And when Joseph began to share his dreams, which were God-given dreams, how many of y'all know God can give you a word and it can come through a dream? Amen. 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 And if you have a, a dream and it comes by God, it will be tested and proven by God. That's right. Every dream that you have does not come from God. That's right. It could become because you ate too much pizza that evening. Amen. Or you concentrated on something too long. But you have to take know when it is a God-given dream. Joseph had enough uh, sensitivity and a relationship with God to know when God was talking to him. That's right. And he spoke through, to Joseph through a dream and when he shared that dream, which to him he was happy about, but he didn't, he didn't understand what this dream was going to cost him. That's right. For this word of the Lord that came through a dream, he had no idea what was about to come his way because of these dreams. That's right. And when he shared his dreams that he loved and liked and was looking forward to, with his brothers, he thought his brothers might clap their hands and rejoice too. But his brothers didn't rejoice. Actually, it made them angry. They said, you mean little brother? We're your older brothers. Little brother, you mean we're going to serve you one day? We're going to bow down to you one day? Even mama and daddy are going to bow down and serve you? They took it wrong. They got jealous. They got bitter. They got angry. It didn't sit well, well with them. And it, and it didn't sit well, well with them that Jacob loved Joseph more than all the rest of them. That's right. J Joseph found favor with his father. And his father made him a coat of many colors. That's right. And when he gave that special coat to, to Joseph to wear around, them other brothers didn't like it because they didn't get a coat. That's right. They seemed favoritism. So, the brothers had it out for Joseph. And it really escalated when God gave these dreams to Joseph. Joseph thought everybody would be happy. How many of y'all know that sometimes when God calls you to do something great, I want you to know everybody won't jump up and down and, sh and, right. and shout with you. Come on. Amen. They may say, well, you, if you do that, you're going to pass me. And they'll get jealous in the church. The brothers got jealous. So, uh, the brothers were out in the field. I'm going to tell you what happened now in this story, in, in these five chapters. Joseph, Jacob sends Joseph to go find his brothers. And when he finally founds them, he founds them in Dothan. And they're out tending to the sheep and the flock and stuff. And uh, when the brothers seen Joseph coming, they came up with a plot that we're going to get rid of him. We're going to get rid of this dreamer. This, this man that's got a word from God that we're going to serve him. we got a plot and a plan. We're going to kill him. Well, one of the other brothers, I think it was Reuben, said, no, we don't want to do that. Let's just put him in a pit. And maybe uh, a, a lion or some animal will come get him and kill him. Y'all don't kill him. But Reuben's plan was he was going to come back later and he was going to help Joseph 
get out of this pit. But the brothers throwed him into, a, into the pit and left him there. Don't you know whenever you've had a word from God and you have your, your, and, and, and a dream from God and God got business with you and something for you to do and you're looking out from the pit, you're wondering, Lord, how am I going to ever fulfill what you call me to do? Here I am in a pit. That's right. This don't seem to be going in the right direction. Lord, are you sure you're on my side? I'm in a pit. So they mess around and some Ishmaelites came by. And, and, and they came up with another plot. Instead of killing him, they were going to sell him into slavery. So they sold him to some Ishmaelites. If I could say Ishmaelites, I'd say that. But they, he went off with some ice. And, 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 and was, went into Egypt, and they sold Joseph, the dreamer, into a servant of Pharaoh by the name of Potiphar. When Potiphar took Joseph back to his house and, and began to recognize the favor of God still on, uh, that was on Joseph's life, everything that Joseph touched, it was blessed. I mean, if he planted, he put Joseph in charge of everything in his household. Every time Joseph sowed, uh, planted corn, he had the biggest corn in all of, all of Egypt. Whenever God told, built something, Joseph built it, it was the best looking thing that ever happened. Joseph just had favor of God upon him. But here's the devil. Whenever you got a word, it's going to be tested. Hallelujah. And it's going to be tried. So here comes the devil. Potiphar got a, got a beautiful wife. How many of y'all know how many men have fallen because that, of a lady? They, a lot of ministries have went to the bottom because of a beautiful lady. That's right. But Joseph kept himself pure. And when he was working, he went through the house of Potiphar one day, and his wife grabbed Joseph and said, I want you to lie with me. Y'all understand what that means, right? Yeah. Okay, we don't need to go no further. No. Okay. I want you to lie with me. And Joseph said, no, I can't do that. I am a, a servant of the Lord. By no means am I going to sin against God or Potiphar or this house. No. And Joseph walked out. She kept on badgering him. Stayed after him. Joseph, the Bible says his appearance was tall. He was handsome. He was muscular. He was something that, that, that she wanted. But Joseph, he came through another day and she grabbed him and said, You've got to lie with me. My husband's out of town. We can get away with it. And Joseph said, No. And man, he took off running. And when he took off running, she grabbed his outer garment and she was left with his outer garment, sort of like a robe. And then she walks out. And because of her rejection, that Joseph rejected her, then she began to cry out to the servants, Hey, Joseph just tried to rape me. He tried to rape me. He tried to take advantage of me. He knows my master's gone. And he tried to... He tried to lie with me, and here's his robe. So now she's accusing him of something he never did. Potiphar comes home. And when he, she, she tells him, that, that servant of yours you think so highly of, he tried to lie with me. And look, I got proof. Here's his, here's his coat. Well, Potiphar got angry. And he took her for her word and had Joseph put in prison. 
So he's went from the pit. Now he's in prison. But he's got a word from the Lord that he's going to be great. How's this going to come to pass? So now he's in prison. When he gets in prison, the favor still stays on him. God's favor and blessing is still upon him. And the jailer looked at Joseph and put him in charge of the whole jail. You know, Joseph stayed in jail for about 13 plus years. 13 plus years from a false accusation. He was 17 when he had the dream. He was 30 years old when Pharaoh called him out of the prison to come interpret a dream for him. But when Joseph was in the, in the jail, there was a baker and a cupbearer that came in, that were put in, in that same prison because Pharaoh had them put in there. And both the cupbearer and, 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 and the baker had a dream. And they told their dreams to Joseph. And Joseph, having the anointing of God upon his life, he interpreted both the dreams. And it came out exactly like he said. He told the baker that he was going to be beheaded. How many of y'all know the baker didn't give him an offer? How many of y'all know the baker probably was hoping Joseph don't know what he's talking about? But he did. And he told the cupbearer, you're going to be restored back to your relationship and your position to the king. You're going to be his cupbearer again. And everything happened just like Joseph said. And But Joseph told those two men when they left, he said, when you get before Pharaoh, make mention of me. Tell Pharaoh that I'm in here. Tell him to uh, release me. But guess what? They didn't say a word. They forgot about Joseph. So Joseph is still doing time in the prison time, in, in, in the prison. Then one day, Pharaoh had a dream. And he had a dream about a famine. And he called for his, his magicians and sorcerers and all those people that he thought could read or interpret his dream, and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't tell him what, what, what a dream meant. And then the cupbearer said, Pharaoh, I remember when I was in prison, I had a dream. And Joseph interpreted both dreams, and they came out. They were, he was accurate, on spot. He, he definitely anointed to interpret your dream. And Pharaoh said, go get him. So here, here's things fixing to move into action. For 13 years, it looks like this word that God gave me, this dream that God gave me, ain't never coming to pass. That's right. But God said, just hold on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to wait on the Lord. That's right. And when we're waiting, we're under a test. What's happening to Joseph in the pit and what's happening to Joseph in the prison is something that had to be done because Joseph could not have handled the position under Pharaoh until his character had been worked out. That's right. Hallelujah. God humbled Joseph in that prison. Amen. He worked on his character. Hallelujah. He fashioned him and he molded him and gave him wisdom while he was there so that when he did get out, he would be ready to go to the top and could handle the top without bringing God uh, uh, a bad name. He was representing the God of Israel. Amen. Amen. So, Jacob, Pharaoh come, uh, uh, Jacob, I mean Joseph come before 
Pharaoh, he interprets the dream. And when he interprets the dream, man, he sees the wisdom on, on Joseph. And he, and, he, and he says, who in the world can be in such a, uh, who can take the responsibility of this assignment of storing up all the, all the grain and wheat for the next seven years and, and then distribute it? Who in, in all of Egypt can do this? And he thinks about it, thinks about it, and next thing you know, Pharaoh said, what about you, Joseph? Now the dream's fixing to come to pass. That's right. Now the dream, now the word is fixing to come to pass. And Joseph said, I'll do it. And he steps in there. And because Joseph had a dream, and the word of the Lord was tested, and he did give up on the word of the Lord, why? He went through so much adversity. So many people give up, cave in, and quit in the midst of those 13 years. They'd have dropped out. The devil would have jumped up on your shoulder and whispered in your ear a thousand times that God's word ain't coming to pass. That's right. And that is one of the major tests when the word of God is being tested and tried in your life is when all the circumstances, all the trials, all the affliction is coming your way. How you deal with it. How you deal with it. Will you hold on to God's word in the midst when everything else says, ain't no way it's ever going to happen. You in a pit, you in a prison, you have been thrown away. Ain't no way you ever going to the top, buddy. Yeah, and the on. devil will tell you that for 13 years. And he, he's good about reminding you of what you can't do. That's right. Amen? Amen. But guess what? Joseph submitted to the hand of the Lord. He stayed humble. Hallelujah. He kept letting God use him wherever he was placed. In a pit, in a prison, hallelujah, God's hands remained upon him. I want you to know God will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what pit or what prison you go to. That's right. Amen. The Lord would let her this morning. Amen. The Lord showed me something this morning, Brother Jim. Y'all can't see it from where y'all are at. But from where I'm at right here when that light hits, I see Right here and right here, but there's two drops. Might have been several drops, teardrops. That's where my brother was at Sunday. Before he left here. He was nailed right there. And the Lord showed me his teardrops on that altar this morning. But you know what? He might be in prison. He might be going. But you know what? The Lord went with him. Amen. The last time he was found, he was found crying on the altar and the Lord with him. He won't ever leave him. That's right. And I gave him a word he'd be like Joseph in that prison. I can't wait to really hear the testimonies that's going to come out of Larry being incarcerated again. It ain't something any of us wanted. But how many of y'all know Joseph didn't volunteer for prison? Right. <laughs> ain't nobody volunteering to be stripped and torn down and but these word these tests these word tests is going to come into your life I want you to embrace the the test that's right the time test the word test there's an old saying I told Sophie the other day there's an old saying and y'all probably all heard it 
We was talking about the time test. A lot of times we'll always say, time will tell. That's right. Time will tell. Amen. He said, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to do this, but time will tell. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to go to seminary and I'm going to come out and I'm going to pa pastor or do mission work. Time will tell. Mm -hmm. Are you really called into the ministry? Time will tell. Right. Time will tell. I remember when I got called into the ministry, I remember uh, I had a prophet come into this house, and it was the first time I had, uh, at, the prophet had ever been in this house. They didn't know me, and I didn't know them. But they knew I had just became the pastor. I was sitting in this chair on the, on the outer road, and man, the prophet hit me on my shoulders. Boom! Real hard. Sitting here like that. Boom! And she said, Are you called into the ministry? I was like, Yes, ma'am. And she hit me again. Boom! She said, Are you sure you called into the ministry? I said, I am sure. I am sure I heard God call me when he called me. But through the years, through the years of going through the pit, and going through the prison, the adversity of ministry, there's been a million times that I wondered if I was really called. Come on. I wanted to quit a million times. I wanted to walk away so many times. I didn't even want to come to church on Sunday. I was just beat down. I was going through my prison time. But you know what? I found out if I was truly called or not. Because after 27 years, I'm still standing. That's right. Amen. There was a lot of, when I, when I first got called, they were, the elders of the church said, are you sure? They had their doubts. But I didn't have any doubt because I knew I heard God. But they had their doubts. And you know what I told them? I said, time will tell. That's right. Amen. Time will tell. Amen. By the grace of God, I stand and keep standing. And by the grace of God, so will you. Amen. Just remember, if God's given you a word, it may not manifest overnight. It might take years. It might take months. It might take years. But if he's given you a word and you know it's a word from God, you are responsible for holding on to it all those years. And don't let the devil take it from you or steal it from you and tell you ain't never going to happen. You have to hold on to the Word of God Amen. with everything in you. Because if you hold on to that Word, the Word of God has been tried. It's been tested. It is shown to be good. All you've got to do is hold on to it. But God said, but God said, but God said. And if God said it, God shall do it. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Had God said it, shall he not do it? God is able to do it. All you've got to do is hold on. Holding on ain't the easiest thing in the world to do. It's easy to quit. Anybody can quit. Come on. When you're in a boxing ring and you get knocked down, it's, it, it, anybody can, can stay down. It takes some grit to get back up. After you get knocked down, hallelujah, you go back to the training camp. And you got to come back with a new mindset. Hey, it's going to be different next time. If you don't go in as a loser, you go in with the mindset, I'm going to win this time. 
But listen, there's been a, a lot of people that succeeded. But before they succeeded in life, they failed many times. That's right. Listen, you may get knocked down a hundred times, but you get up a hundred and one times. That's right. Amen. Amen. You go in this thing like Joseph. Hallelujah. Not knowing sometimes what's going to happen to me. How can this be fulfilled? Just hold on. Just keep serving the Lord. Keep a right attitude. Hallelujah. Keep loving the Lord. Don't let anything get between your relationship and Him. And in time, in God's perfect timing, God will surely bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. If you're looking by video today or YouTube or Rumble, it was our honor to come into your home. We love you. We pray that this, this message on the word test blessed you. And we just pray that you'll rise up and hold on to God's word. If he's given you a prophecy, hallelujah, if you were reading the word of God and a, a verse stuck out and just held on to your heart, hallelujah, that's God's word to you. Don't let the devil steal it. Don't let the devil take it. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And most important, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hallelujah, believe in Jesus. He died on the cross and he rose from the dead. If you accept him in your heart and, and, and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved, born again, washed in the blood and filled with his spirit. And then God's going to give you an assignment. He's going to give you a life worth living and you might be the next world changer. But don't give up. Don't quit. Jesus loves you. And he'll go in there with you. God bless you.